Welcome into week 10 of the Talking Shop Football Pod. Each week I have on my fantasy football opponent to talk about our match. We also break down NFL games, league results. Sometimes we do a little trivia. We talk off the field news, etc. This week, very excited to have with me Andrew Lamb. His team name, don't count us out yet. He's 5-5, five and five, our 2018 champion. Welcome in, Andrew. Hey, thanks, buddy. Great to be here. Uh, I will, great to have I will, you. I will say congratulations. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a player playing tonight. Um, pain, painful loss, but uh, I'm sure we'll get into that. But congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, less than a one-point victory. Very, very close match. Yeah, it was tough. Came down to Sunday Night Football, one player. Yeah, you know, I, I told you last night I, I, I didn't get up to – didn't stay up to see it all, but uh, I knew it was probably over. I woke up to, to seeing the news. Uh, I can think of a, a hundred ways why it wouldn't have been so close. Um, <laughs> I mean, especially if you had started RJ, it would have been over for me. But, you know, countless ways how I could have pulled off a, a one point more along the way, you know, including not, yeah. Steelers not pulling Roethlisberger. Waller not dropping that 40-yard pass. Zach Moss not fumbling. The <laughs> Bengals not being so bad and your defense getting 11 points. You know, go list goes on. Yeah. Alex Smith yeah. being horrendous that Prater gets 16 points, you know. But <laughs> you have a good team, so the loss was expected. I just didn't think it would be so close. It's actually more painful that it's that close. Yeah. Well, you're right on the bubble even after this loss. So you're going to be 5-5. Five and five. And uh, I pulled up your remaining schedule here. Uh, you got Chrissy, who's four and five. Chris, who's five and four. And Tommy, who's four and five. So uh, you control your own destiny the rest of the way because these are all the teams you're fighting for those playoff spots with. You know, you, you derailed uh, a pretty good win streak I had going. You know, I could have gotten to – I could have pulled to six and three. Uh, sorry, six and four, which would have been pretty miraculous given – the injuries I've experienced, but, you know, made a pretty big blockbuster trade last week um, with oh, yeah? cancel NFL culture that, that you guys may have seen or not. So positive in, in, in the prospects of, of making the playoffs here. Yeah. So essentially that trade uh, you traded Michael Thomas for Aaron Jones, if I remember and the rest of it, I, I don't know. There were some B list players there, but that was the, the um the a-list guys on that trade or am i missing somebody no no you, you pretty much got it i mean what what it was was it was jones and amari cooper from renner to uh and, and jamal williams as well so the handcuff of jones plus cooper who's obviously hasn't had a great year given the quarterback situation down in dallas but i i yeah. traded michael thomas who you know clearly has been out most of the season he was looking for a wide receiver one Obviously, that could be affected with Breeze's injury um, and Latavius Murray. So pretty much like swapping Packers for Saints. Uh, I obviously <laughs> had Devontae Adams. So it was pretty much taking a full bet on the Packers as well as, you know, handing Renner basically the offense except Kamara of the Saints. So uh, it didn't really pan out this week. Uh, the, the Packers look pretty, pretty bad against a, a relatively – you know, soft defense. So mm -hmm. it, it didn't pan out as I expected, but yeah, you know, I think, I think they'll rebound next week. But yeah, you're, 
you got two of the more explosive offenses kind of running your team now. You got your quarterback plays for Pittsburgh. They're nine and zero, and then and then you've got this Packers uh, situation now. So uh, if those two teams continue to put up points, you're going to be you're going to be making a late run here. I'm honestly pretty lucky to be, I guess, now five and five after this. You know, with the injuries I've had, it was doing okay. But with Devontae Adams out for a pretty long time, Michael Thomas out, obviously you know, was my number one pick, hadn't played most of the year. And then Dak, who actually Dak was having quite a strong year, that pretty bad injury, obviously. Uh, Terrible injury, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, you kind of saw some pretty big injuries early on, and now they're starting to kind of resurface this week. And my team was certainly a a victim of a lot of those. So, you know, at five and five, I picked up Ben, who's obviously playing pretty well in a high-powered offense. I, th- I think I have a chance. I think if I can get to, you know, seven and six at the worst, maybe eight and five, hopefully. Uh, you mentioned taking Michael Thomas first round. So I pulled up in your, uh, your draft here. So you had the 11th overall pick, which is always tough because you're late and then you get that kind of like double, double pick. And then you don't pick for a long time after that. So you went Thomas and you went Adams. Um, Surprised you didn't take a running back there. And then, so I was like, you know, looking further, I'm like, okay, third and fourth round, he must have gone right back. But you didn't. Again, you went Cooper Cup, Dak Prescott, uh, and then finally fifth round, he took Montgomery. Um, so you're pretty running back light, but this trade manages to bring in one of the best running backs in the league. So um, I think it's a great trade for you. Oh, you're right. It was definitely it was definitely needed. I, I think I got the better end of the stick uh, on that, but Renner clearly, you know, needed to make a a pretty drastic change, and and I thought I did too. So we debated. We went back and forth for quite a while. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I every, imagine every possible uh, every possible combination. We talked for probably three to four days for a couple hours with nothing, and then finally it happened. So <laughs> you know, we could. I don't know if he'll make the playoffs, but. I think I have a good shot. You know, I, yeah, I think the last two years I've, I've had some pretty tough draft orders. I don't recall last year. I know it was probably double digits. If if you had that stat where I fell last year, tough year last year, but the year before was obviously a little better. I thought I had a pretty good team, but, but some injuries, you know, if Thomas was healthy and Dak stayed healthy, I think I would probably be, you know, at least kind of top five right now. So I'm, I'm just trying to scrap it out, but my strategy got thrown off when I when I had eleventh pick and I I threw my uh my running back strategy out the door and I actually had some right. decent support like Sony Michelle, Marlon Mack, uh Zach Moss. I thought I would, you know, have just not great running backs, but okay enough to get me through with good quarterback and like two obviously top five receivers in the league when healthy and just didn't yeah. pan out. So always uh, I tough chose when the Oh, I was always tough when the uh, first round pick gets injured early. Like that happened to a lot of teams this year. So that's never, that's never easy to to rebound from. Yeah. And some of the support players just, you know, cup seems to to be unfortunately so touchdown dependent. Um, If not, you know, he kind of averages his five catches and 50 yards in a non PPR. That's, you know, it doesn't really help you that much. Um, Montgomery's hurt again. you know, Waller's hit and miss, traded Murray. You know, my most consistent position is my kicker. I, I think I have two top three <laughs> kickers. 
So <laughs> I wish I could play yeah. a kicker in the in the flex. Uh, your kicker and defense both had a good week against me. Uh, was killing me yesterday was uh, my boy Russell Wilson just throwing <laughs> interception after interception after interception. It's just get me a few points and he just he, he's going backwards. I can't say that it was it was hard, it was tough to watch for me, obviously with fantasy. But <laughs> if you were at week ten and and you and someone told you the Seahawks wouldn't be in the playoffs, like that's that's pretty funny. Um, given how they sit, obviously they have the, they've lost the tiebreaker to the Cardinals. Right. And they're right. They're outside given, uh, you know, the bucks have a better record and the Rams have the tiebreaker against them. So probably changes, but uh, they might not make the playoffs, uh, especially with how they played last week. Um, Speaking of Cardinals, did you see that game at all? I was watching that game on red zone and the bills, we're down four, had to march all the way down the field, two-minute drill, and threw a hell of a touchdown pass um, to Stefan Diggs. He made this crazy diving catch, and he honestly, honestly might be playing uh, – he might be one of the best receivers in the league this year. Like, that guy is just killing it for them. Um, and, and the game should have been over. There was, like, 30 seconds left. And the Cardinals, man, they, they threw up a Hail Mary – and Tyler Murray is just magical touch to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And that, that ending was just unbelievable. I mean, call it a Hail Murray. Um, <laughs> totally, totally agree with you. That game, that game was over. Great, Pat. I, I didn't think that they were going to march down and actually score, but that was, you know, great. Uh, I don't know how long it took. It was, it was a pretty quick drive by the Bills and great catch by Diggs. And Hail Murray was just, I mean, obviously, Hopkins is is, is incredible, but you know, I think there were four guys around him. Just terrible defense yeah, there, so. but also off the line. I mean, they let him run free to the end zone. I mean, if you had if you had hit the guy on the line, he would have never made it to the end zone by the time Murray had escaped. Like, right? Yeah. Incredible play, but I could could have been avoided. I think, but I mean, yeah, very very fun to watch the end of that. Yeah, I don't know. I think a lot Murray's got to be a top three quarterback this year. I think so. Yeah. So I don't know. Point uh, point you wise, know, there's what two. There's probably two quarterbacks that can scramble to make that throw, and then there's like two receivers that could pull that down with four defenders around them. So it's just the perfect combination. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, yeah, I I totally agree with you. That was insane. It voted pretty well for the the Chiefs uh, actually as well. Got a little bit of breathing room uh, you know it's second in the AFC so actually pretty positive do you think they're gonna spin to the do you Chiefs think they're gonna two, do you think the Chiefs are gonna two-peat this year I don't know they're gonna have to clean up quite a bit I think if they want to contend um, obviously some pretty close games against mediocre to decent teams obviously scraped one out against the Chargers early on almost lost um, to the Panthers who are okay when, when McCaffrey's around, obviously injured again, it seems like the Raiders loss was, was terrible. Um, you know, they hate the Raiders uh, who's hanging around. Probably they'll be in a wild card team. I imagine uh, we play them next week in Las Vegas. So certainly have to win there, but it, it's been good. I think with, with a new dimension to the offense with, with um, you know, the running game, but, I don't know. I think uh, the defense really needs to, to tighten up or, or it's going to be 
could be a short year. I think your division is going to be fun to watch the next few years with uh, Justin Herbert on the Chargers and that front four they have there in, in San Diego. If they can fill out the team around those guys, it's going to be those are going to be shootout games between Mahomes and Herbert. Like that's going to be fun to watch for the next five years, hopefully. I agree. I, I kind of didn't really see him coming. He, he kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know if he surprised you at all, but proving to be, I think, pretty good quarterback. Yeah, he looks like he's like 12 years old. He's got acne all over his face and stuff. It's probably got underrated in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but hopefully we pull off the division, at least get, get a first round bye and, uh, you know, clean things up. But yeah. Um, how about those giants? <laughs> those giants, man, they're uh, one, two in a row. They go into a bye week feeling good. I mean, I guess not totally out of it. Right. I mean, likely tough now, but uh, that division is, is up for grabs, obviously. You know, I feel like they're going to be kicking themselves when they look back on some of those games they lost early in the season. Like they had a 11 point lead against the Eagles early in the season. They, they lost that game late. They uh, were beating Brady down the stretch, lost that game. They lost the Cowboys on a last second field goal. Um, they had a lot of winnable games and yeah, I mean, it's, they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year, even if they make the playoffs at six and 10, but uh I don't know. It's, it's, I'm not like totally down on them right now. I think the coach is good. I'm not a big fan of the GM, but in a year or two, you know, maybe uh, we can build something around Danny Jones. I mean, you guys, uh, I forget the record when Saquon went, went, went down, but you know, that clearly makes it pretty tough. You put just yeah. too much pressure on Jones. Who's, who's not bad actually. I just, no one really else around them. I, I think. No, they have no one. I mean, it's been fun to see him scrambling a bit. I think he had like 60 or 70 yards this game. He had another game where he had like 80 or 90 yards. So he can uh, he can move in the pocket, which we haven't had in my lifetime. So that's good to see. Yeah, fair. I guess a little quicker than Eli, right? Anyone has more yards than Eli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This season, totally. he, might have, he might have more yards than Eli did in his career. I'm not sure. <laughs> So usually at this point every week, I uh, I dig deep and try to come up with some uh, NFL trivia. But I figured since it was Masters week, um, and we both probably watched this weekend, I'd I'd pull uh, I'd pull some his like some quotes from past Masters, and see if you can identify who said these quotes. Wow. Okay. This this is fun. It's going to be tough. <laughs> Did you watch the Dustin Johnson dominant performance? I did. You know, I watched. I watched most of it since kind of kind of Thursday on. You know, any other year, a, a lot of these guys could have won it with their scores. Obviously, conditions playing a little easier for these guys with the soft receptive greens, but pretty yeah. dominant performance. You can't can't knock him for that. He he's clearly the best in the world right now, and you know showed it. Just so solid. Yeah, I think what was interesting is, like, because they're playing in November, the way I grew up on golf, like, that's the end of the season, right? But I think the way they do it in Augusta at the at Augusta National is that's actually typically the start of the season. And then you can play through the whole winter. Uh, and then right around April when they host the Masters, is they close down the course shortly thereafter for the summer because it's too hot. Yeah, you're right. Certainly the, the blend of the, the Bermuda – 
and Rye was a little like I, I didn't get too many close up views, but some sketchy lies they weren't used to. And obviously the rain like earlier in the week, like it kind of made for very different masters, clearly without fans. But I mean, they they yeah. moved some of the pin positions from typical kind of Sunday. So I think yeah. they knew it was different all around. Obviously, with Saturday, you know, with game day there, it, it was just a totally different <laughs> Masters. But you know, call it less than five months from now, six months from now, we're back. So totally, that's I'm normal. Excited. Three three of the next six majors were Masters, including this one. So that's pretty uh, you know interesting wow. stat. So that's a great um, stat. <laughs> so hopefully the next one, even watching it from home, you know, I, I've been and it's, it's incredible, but just at home without fans, it's, it's different. So really hope they're back. Yeah. All right. Here's the quote. Got about six of them. Here we go. The masters isn't just another golf tournament. It is something really special. I get as much excitement driving down Magnolia drive now as I did 40 years ago. Oh man, that's tough. Uh, is that Nicholas? Yeah, six-time Masters champ, Jack Nicholas. Nice. Okay. Number two. I've heard the winner of the Masters host the dinner. If I ever won, there will be no suit, no ties, and McDonald's. Oh, man. I feel like, I, I feel like I've read this one. Um, <laughs> I'll give you a hint. clue. He goes every yeah. year. He didn't play in it this year. He hasn't played in a few years, but he goes every year, and he parks his RV outside of the Hooters down the street. Happy daily. Yeah. Yep. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what gave it away. I think the RV probably. Or who is. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I think you'll get this one. So I'm looking at it as a par 67 for me because I can reach all the par fives in two. No problem. God, that's uh, karma, right? Clearly that's uh, <laughs> big, big, big macho Bryson. But yeah, just... I, I don't mind the guy. Just I don't know if the strategy going in. Uh, I think if he executed, it, he could have done better. Clearly, but um, mentally, uh, he wasn't there. I don't know what he tried to blame at the end mentally with his dizziness. But um, fun, fun to see it kind of prevail the way it did. Yeah, it's tough to come in with that much. I don't know if confidence is the word. He's sort of big-headed, you know, like just you got to go in there humble you know if you won it before i get it but if you're you know you've never won that tournament you have one major in your career uh you can't just you know talk about taking down the place you know yeah i'm sure all the members and ridley i'm sure everyone loved to kind of see it play out how it did when when so much talk was about <laughs> him overpowering the course and yeah i agree with you all right here's the next one I was still one shot ahead going into the tenth, and things went all pear-shaped after that. Oh man, past champion or no? No. Okay, oh, that kind of threw out. Um, he hates the tenth hole. Even every year he plays it, he just he he has just a mental block with the tenth hole. Um, my guess would be JT, but I don't know if he'd say something like that. So, Rory McIlroy. Ah, uh, oh uh, yeah, I should have got that. You're right. Yeah, it's been tough. I don't know what he played it this year though. Did, how do you play ten this year? I mean, 
good question. I, I don't he, know, actually. Uh, I think he played it probably even, actually. Yeah. That's one of those ones where they say if you have a hole that really bugs you like that, you go to the range and uh, you just imagine the, that, the, the hole that really bugs you on the range and you just hit that tee shot and then you hit that approach shot over and over and over again. Just grind it into your memory because that's obviously the shot shape that you don't like. That's the one you got to solve for. Well, that's what's funny. I mean, I, I looked it up. He, he bogeyed round one, birdie, birdie, and then bogeyed on Sunday, actually, even though he had a pretty good round on Sunday. Um, yeah. And the, and, and the middle two rounds, he birdied it. Um, he, he natural draw of the ball. That, that should be an easy drive for him. I, I don't know where he's gone wrong. Maybe it's the second shot off the downhill lie, but um, the shot shape should fit his, fit his eye pretty easily. You know, one yeah, of the few guys that. that plays a draw. Yeah, it should. You're right. All right, a couple more here. So on the 15th hole, I started thinking how I'd look in the green jacket. The next thing I know, they're giving it to Charlie Cootie. Oh, man. Uh, Go way back in 1971. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't... Uh, I'd have to... 71. Um, Not a big fan of Tiger whenever he's uh, commentating. Uh, he always has a little bit of a... Uh, disdain for old Mr. Woods. Isn't that one of Gary Player's I think not. I, so, so the the quote was attributed to Johnny Miller. Uh, was it Johnny Miller? Dang, should have known that. But he didn't. He didn't blow a lead there, did he? Uh, I guess it wasn't yeah, Norman. Two. That would have been my second guess. Yeah, it says here he was up by two with four holes to play. All right, last one. Uh, current guy, young guy. I've been on both sides of it now, and I like the winning side better. Um, well, if it's about the Masters, it, it could be DJ. Um, yeah, I think I heard him say that, actually. Jordan Speed. Oh, I didn't hear that. How about that blow up on 12? 2016 blow up on number 12. Yeah, 12. Which, by the way, Tiger mean? got a 10 on yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that was... They said his worst score on a par three, I think in majors was a six prior to that, <laughs> which is crazy. I mean, he did you hear what he said about it? He said the first two guys, I mean, the, the wind was coming off the right, and then he didn't commit to the shot, and he kind of got in front of it. And he said the wind shifted out of the left just way short, so – starting with that 10 on the 12th, but then you birdie five of your last yeah. six. Take me through what was going through your mind on the 12th hole and how immensely tough you had to be to finish the way that you did. Well, I committed to the wrong wind. You know, the wind was off the right for uh, the first two guys. And then when I stepped up there, it switched to howling off the left, which in the flag on 11 was howling off the left. And I, uh, I didn't commit to the, to the wind and I also hit, got ahead of it and, and pushed it too because I was I thought the wind was more off the right yeah. and it was off the left and uh, that just started the problems from there and then from there I hit a lot more shots. Would you would you hit the tee shot again or would you go to the 80 yard drop? I mean that 80 yard drop to that front right pin. I, I don't know. It's that's not that's not what you want. That's not an easy shot either. Um, I don't, 
what are you allowed to do there? Because if you cross there, you actually have to go back in the line of the entry. So I guess you oh, could you read can? too, right? You can. Yeah, why can't you read? I think you I thought can. you always had the option to re right? No? I could be wrong. Have you seen a guy there ever re I'm not sure. I, I think you might be right. They're just so good with their wedges. They probably don't want to hit the same shot. But that's a good question. Maybe that's not actually an option to re but actually my buddies, I would I would assume that was an option, but maybe not. Yeah, I would I would probably try to just hit hit the first one long, not be short not go in the water but isn't it funny last year <laughs> four guy four guys win the water not him and then this year i think one of not one of the only guys yeah. but that teed off like in the last half of the of the tee times on sunday win in the water i don't think any i don't know who else did i don't think many um when bubba won he won i think i forget the two years but basically he won the masters the next year he made a 10 on 12 the year after he won the Masters, so really, uh, watch out in April. Yeah, wow. I think he wasn't it two years apart, like twelve and fourteen, or like ten and twelve, something like that. Yeah, I think ten was Phil. That's why I don't know. It was one of those. Oh, you're two. right. Ten was Pretty ten sure. was Phil. Ten was Phil. All right, a couple of non-football questions here. If you have, a, if you still have a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. What's the best outdoor restaurant in New York City right now? That you've oh, been question. To, yeah, we we haven't, you know, Jill's, we've done a, a lot of cooking. Jill loves it. Um, we're obviously working from home, so it, it, it's made it pretty easy and, and we enjoy doing it. But we have gone out a couple times. Mr. Chow on 57th, uh, the original set up a pretty good outdoor dining situation that we went to a couple weeks back. They, you know, some of these restaurants just have like a, shitty little shack and like tarp and some others <laughs> in the have gone, like <laughs> yeah and oncoming traffic it like you don't feel very safe but you know, some <laughs> of them have actually gone overboard and spent a good amount of money with like really cool heaters and, and landscaping and you know i think those are actually doing better because you, you feel like you want to be there and you're not just going to eat and, and you're like in the bike lane on like a plastic <laughs> chair so that would be what yeah. I've said, but I've only been, I haven't been around the city a whole lot, just given no reason to. So I'm pretty sure there's, I heard Maria has a great setup right on Central Park South, but that I've been to is, oh, right is Mr. On. Chow. Yeah. Awesome, man. I'm going to have to check that out when I'm back. Thanks for the recommendation. Um, how much time did you spend on Waikiki Beach in high school? <laughs> well, obviously, <laughs> too you know, the tourist zone. So, um, there, there's some good restaurants and some good bars and, and, you know, when we got, came back from college, like some good nightlife spots, but not a whole lot. Uh, I mean, more than, more than most of the listeners out there uh, on this podcast, I'm <laughs> sure, but you know, it was, it was crowded. It, it, you know, the water, you looked at it, you, you see just a film of sunscreen on the top, like waves weren't great in Waikiki. So, not a whole lot, but it was fun to kind of walk around every now and then. Nice. Billions or Succession? I never finished Billions, um, but I haven't watched Succession either. Jill has. Um, so I have to say Billions. It, it was great. I think early on, one, two, three, and then four got a little out there. And, and I heard 
are they at five? Heard the fifth season as well was kind of not a lot of new content. So I'll get to it. Yeah. Seinfeld or Friends? Only dabbled here and there. Um, probably watched an equal amount of each, but Seinfeld is, is, is too funny. So definitely Seinfeld. Awesome. That's awesome. I did have another question for you. So um, in the, I was listening to a podcast the other day on real estate and they said if rents, rents were down in like the higher end apartments where people are paying five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars a month, they're down about 10%. But they said due to something called the multiplier effect that the property value can drop, let's say 40%. Can you explain that concept to me? Hmm. Well, I don't, I didn't see that exact, I didn't see that exact article, but I guess if you use those numbers, if rents are down 10% and you have, I guess, call it the same expense load. So you assume all costs are fixed, which, you know, is not the case. And your margin is say to begin 40%. So instead of, call it 60 bucks of NOI, you're down to 90 and you still, have, you know, 40% expenses. So call it, you go down to, you know, 90, sorry, 40 bucks. You have 50 instead of 60. I mean, that math doesn't really make sense to me, but what it, what they're getting at is that you have 10% down the top line that's actually more on an NOI percentage basis. And then you cap that mm. at a cap rate and that kind of comp compounds it. So 10% off the top line might be a decrease of 20 plus percent, depending on the like OPEX structure, which is hard to know, obviously based on just the general article. But, um, you know, we have seen trades that represent discounts in the 40% range, but not a whole lot of sellers yet are forced to sell. sell. So mm. a mark-to-mark -mark valuation is kind of anyone's guess until the transaction needs to occur. So, you know, I would be, we would be buyers of good New York City real estate down 40%, you know, especially in multifamily, but haven't yet seen that. Right now. So. I wonder if the sellers of these are, have been owners for 40, 50 years and they're, they've seen the gains that they've been getting for decades. And this just seems like the time to sort of settle up and, and head out. But I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just guessing. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with the lender, you know, depending on their debt situation, if they don't have debt, you know, mm -hmm. why, why would you be exiting at these kind of prices when, if, if you're experienced enough and kind of can foresee coming out of it at some point in time, you know, unless you're a forced seller, there's no reason to sell, but if you get pressure from your lender or you're in default, clearly you're in a different situation. So the, the debt is also a big component that was probably, you know, ignored. For sure. All right. Last part here. So before you go, uh, I'm going to give you three games from next week with the line and you tell me who, uh, who I should bet on. I've uh, given this to nine people so far and no one has gone three and oh yet. Okay. Uh, all right. Next week. So that depends if you're going to choose some games with some injuries or not, but I'll, I'll do my best. 
All right, here we go. Uh, first game, Los Angeles Rams traveling to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. Buccaneers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. So this is against the spread, right? Correct, yeah. So Tampa's got to win by more than a field goal to cover. You're saying what? What's, what's the spread you're saying? Three? Three-and-a-half. Bucks are favored by three-and-a-half, yeah. Got it. Huh. That's a good game, by the way. I'm just thinking about that it now. Is, a, that is. That's the Monday night game. That could be one of the better ones. Um, yeah. Certainly two of the better teams in the NFC that travel these days. It's tough against the spread. We'll see the Bucks. I just think their offense is just will be too powerful. Brady's looked good. And uh, I had Ronald Jones on my bench. Somehow. Week, but he also looked good. He ran yeah. 200 yards almost. <laughs> I know it would have been over if you started him. Yeah, I know. I got too many. I got a plethora of good people at running back. I got nobody at receiver. And I, uh, I made the wrong. I made the wrong choice this week. It's all right. You still won by point six. <laughs> all right, game number two. Uh, Atlanta Falcons traveling to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Saints are six and a half point favorites. You got some. You got the, some tough NFC matchups here. Six and a half. I don't know if is that, is playing. That that might affect this line too. Yeah, is that line with or without Breeze? Because I'm surprised they have a line, honestly, if they don't know if Breeze is playing. Yeah, I mean the Falcons have shown signs of life, um, but only six and a half on the road. I don't know, man. These are these are tough ones. Uh if Breeze Bree- is playing Breeze is not Breeze is not playing. Yeah, I just okay. it up. All right, so it's six and a half Falcons. They're still at home. Uh, that's tough. I'll take the Falcons. Falcons. With six and a half? Last? Yeah. I, if it moves, I, I though, are you finish. using the six and a half or are you using the line at, at close? We're keeping six, six and, half. and a half. So, so far, Bucks and Falcons last game. Arizona Cardinals traveling to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Seahawks are five and a half point favorites. All NFC tough matchups, man. This, these are uh, well, no wonder no one's gone three, three and oh. <laughs> Maybe the Seahawks, uh, they're at home, they might rebound. It's what would you say, three and a half? Uh, five and a half, yeah. Five and a half, Seahawks, five and a half. Hmm. This is a good matchup. I think the Seahawks, it's a must, it's a really must win for them to, to what extent. I don't know, five and a half. Kind of a lot, to be honest, but I'll go with the Seahawks. Yeah, I wonder if they're kind of predicting a letdown game here after the uh, crazy game for the Cardinals this week. Yeah, I think they do. Especially the – I think I, I think I'm right that they lost They lost against them earlier, right? So they, they're down that tie break. They are. As yeah, well as against right. the Rams. So they And they're out of the playoffs right now. So they really need to win, I think. They'll probably know that too. Yeah, must win for Seahawks. I like that pick. Well, we'll see. Well, that brings us to the end of the pod. I, uh, I had a great time, man. It was good catching up. Yeah, absolutely. Hope hope to be back. Maybe on a maybe on a playoff matchup. You, you and me. Hopefully, I get get another shot at it. What do you think of this idea? When we when we get to the playoffs, whoever's playing, I have them both on, and I. And I uh, I do a similar format, but with opponent opponents in a playoff game. That'd be fun. You mean uh, 
at the end of it or like during it, like the same thing you're doing now? How about like the Thursday beforehand? Uh, because I don't know if we'll be able to get the loser on after his season's over. <laughs> Fair <laughs> point. That'd be fun. All right. Well, I mean, if, if you I, can if commit, come on, we'll, let's do it. <laughs> I will. If I make it, I think I will. Yeah. All right. Right on, man. Good to, good to hear from you. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. That was uh, a lot of fun. Awesome. Take care. See you, Andrew. Bye.